This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, postseason baseball time. But we're not talking about that in this podcast episode time. Shouldn't have said that first time because we're talking about football, football, football in this episode time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a... Uh, a rainy, a pleasant but rainy Thursday afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, right here in Fort Rucker Studio. Not just me on this episode, though. We're going to go across town to that uh, that clown car full of children, that home daycare center of the one and the only Ryan Callahan, because we're talking Tennessee football recruiting mostly in this episode. And uh, who better to bring on than Ryan? What's up, man? Hey, not much. How's it going? It goes, man. It goes. Uh, sound like I got a cold today, but... Uh, there's a reason for that. I got to get my, got to get the uh, something in my nose, like some uh, a deviated septum taken care of next month. So I'm taking some medicine now to, to before that surgery, and so it sounds like I have a cold. I do not have one. It just sounds like I have one. So, other than that, man, doing doing all right. Things all right in your world? Yeah, uh, you know, allergies are a cold on this end too, which I don't get much this time of year. I don't know if that's from having three kids or something something blooming but you know not not, not feeling bad I, d- I just sound rough at times but yeah we're, we're good and hey recruiting is back to normal so you know we'll talk about that later but everything's starting to feel more normal now you know things opening back up and and this is obviously no different uh you know just just uh what last week I got to go to a playoff hockey game in Nashville with 14,000 fans and that was like the most normal feeling thing we've gotten to do in a long long time and now you know here here are players back on campuses after more than a year for for camps and unofficial visits and and this starting this weekend official visits at Tennessee so it's uh it's you got to have a little bit of a little bit of a smile knowing that things are starting to sort of normalize a little bit in a lot of ways like that yeah the uh seeing you know on a smaller scale like Lindsey Nelson Stadium and like on a larger scale like Wrigley Field now being kind of full it, it just it, it just it's wonderful to see and we will never, ever, ever be able to say thank you enough to everyone over the past year who has done just absolutely, you know, risky, you know, selfless yeoman's work going out there and getting this pandemic, you know, sort of, sort of sorted a little bit, you could say, you know, just things going in a much better direction, just all the healthcare professionals, the doctors, the nurses, just, you know, everyone in, in the food service industry who kept us going there for a, for a few months there, you know, just people who had to risk before we had the vaccine of going out there and being in public and doing things. There's just, there, there are, there are medals and medals and medals these people should get. And I hope they get them. And I hope we never, ever, ever stop thanking them for everything they've done over the past year. And because of that, Ryan, 
time, we get to go to a bit of a normal situation, which I could say, well, uh, a kid who, who had committed to Tennessee flips to Auburn. So I guess that's kind of a sign of normalcy, isn't it? That it seems like the past 10 years or so that's happened a few times. Yeah, it's a, a really odd uh, situation, I guess, if you, uh, if you, you know, didn't really understand the situation that, that you know, kind of uh, popped up out of nowhere for, for Rotarius or, or Roe, as most people call him, Torrance. Uh, now, he has not committed to Auburn yet, uh, but it looks like there is uh, a good chance he ends up at Auburn. Um, but Roe Torrance, uh, the, the junior college cornerback who, if you, if you listen to this podcast, if you read Go Vols 24-7, you know, just committed to Tennessee a little more than a week ago. It was uh, 10 days ago, as a matter of fact. And, uh, and then earlier this week on Tuesday, decommits from Tennessee. And he was scheduled to be on campus as early as next week. Um, you know, he's scheduled to play in a national championship game for his junior college team this weekend and then said he was going to go to Tennessee uh, very shortly after that. So uh, it looked like, you know, he was days away from – joining Tennessee's cornerback room and, and giving them some much needed depth at that position. So people were just kind of puzzled by that. Why decommit eight days later? It's because Tennessee was his first SEC offer and it came late in the game. And this, you know, again, a sort of a side effect of the spring junior college season uh, that they played this year being postponed from the fall. It, no one really saw him play a whole lot before this spring, as we talked about last week. And so he was sort of just an unknown and some other teams showed interest. Uh, I believe he even mentioned Auburn at that time as one of the schools that had shown some interest, but he just wasn't sure what was, what was going to come of that. You know, schools can show interest all they want, but if they're not going to take a guy, you, you can't wait around on that possibility. Well, he's from Alabama. Things changed this week. He got an offer from Auburn on Tuesday. Uh, I think Washington state also offered. So he's, he's continued to add offers and, and that offer from Auburn in particular is uh, obviously a big one for him. So it looks like that's quite possibly where he's going to end up. And a uh, tough break for Tennessee because it looked like they had found a, a pretty, at least a solid depth guy with, with the upside to be a little more than that, I think, from the junior college ranks and solidifying that position. And now they, they've maybe got to go back and search around a little bit, see if there's anybody in the transfer portal. Uh, if they want to add some more cornerback help this year, it's going to be tough, but they've got to look around now to see what's out there. Yeah, it's interesting because this was a guy who, who, when Tennessee took him, you had some people saying, well, why is Tennessee taking this kid? And then, you know, you see some film and you hear some stories and you're like, okay, for this time of year, you need some depth. That's actually pretty good. And then just when some people had sort of convinced themselves that this was a smart thing for Tennessee to do, lo and behold, he's going to end up going somewhere else probably. And, and that's just that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. It's a tough break, um, but that's recruiting. And, and, Ryan, before we move on, is there anything else in terms of, um, you know, what are the chances, I guess I'm trying to say, what are the chances that Tennessee could get back in with a cornerback? And, and are we talking some sort of a, you know, some sort of a, a JUCO guy who they can get to enroll a year early or, or some kind of a transfer portal guy? Or, you know, what, what, what are the chances that they could end up finding someone uh, to, to sort of fill that spot? Yeah, it's, it's hard to handicap that right now. Sometimes these options – come up out of nowhere and uh, it, and just sort of fall into place for you. So uh, it, it's hard to say for sure. I, I think Tennessee had looked around enough that there might still be a couple of other names they could look to. Uh, and, and it's a, it's a risk reward thing too. You've got to decide, is it worth using a spot just to take another guy at this point for, for depth purposes? Do they, do they need another body at cornerback so badly that maybe they, 
they they go after a guy that they don't think is quite as good as Torrance or that maybe they're not as high on his upside as they were with Torrance, uh, if, if that's the situation, um, because obviously they looked around quite a bit before going after Road Torrance. So it just depends on who's out there. Uh, but, yeah, I think the transfer portal is an option uh, as, as they've obviously – explored that quite a bit and, and added several guys from that, including another cornerback, Kamal Haddon, who was a junior college guy in the 2021 class. Um, and there still could be some other junior college guys out there. As you said, sometimes you get those guys a year out of high school who were full academic qualifiers coming out of high school and they can leave any time, essentially. Maybe there's someone who fits that description who's, who's worth a flyer and ha- has quite a bit of eligibility left. So uh, th- there could be a few options there. But, yeah, it's, it's tough this time of year because – Obviously, most guys that are transferring are enrolling at their new schools now, and there's just not a whole lot still out there at this point that's uh, at least in terms of quality players. So we'll have to see what Tennessee does, but I think it's something they'll at least explore because they obviously felt it was enough of a need to add two cornerbacks going into the season until Road Torrance decommitted. Yeah, because then you get into a spot of if you go into the season, you know, do you have to play someone out of position? Do you have to look at, you know, maybe moving a wide receiver over, which I know they would hate to do in this offense because they'd like to have about 87 wide receivers. So, you know, they that would be something that would sort of be tough for them to do. But if you want to make the numbers work and you don't want to go with the walk-on, well, then those are the options that you would have at that point. So you wouldn't really have much choice. Ryan, before we go to break here um, – I know you talked about this just a little bit at the beginning, but we talked about a return to normalcy, right? Or, you know, maybe something that vaguely resembles normalcy, hopefully. You know, I want to – this is me knocking on wood right now. Hopefully Gus doesn't hear that and start barking. But I'm knocking on wood here because you just don't want to jinx anything. But it looks like things are well on the way, at least in this country, toward being something resembling normalcy. And that means that visits can kick back up. And in terms of um, just just how much does that sort of change things? I mean, you could you could talk more globally, but specifically for Tennessee, the new staff in there, just how much does this change things and their priorities and what they need to be doing over the next month or so? Uh, th- this is a complete game changer for Tennessee. It, it really is hard to overstate how much of an impact this could make. Uh, just getting being able to get guys on campus this month for the first time in more than a year because, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it before. Every previous staff at Tennessee has gotten some early momentum going in recruiting, and it really did hurt this staff, I think, not just the timing of the hiring, the fact that they came in in late January with no, no time to really build relationships with some of the guys who have already committed by this spring. Uh, you know, they, they, they came in in a really tough spot with guys like Ty Simpson, who obviously committed to Alabama about a month after Josh Heupel's hiring, just tough to get to know guys like that when you can't meet them in person and be around them. Um, and, you know, Butch Jones's staff comes to mind where his staff really had some early uh, early momentum in recruiting, got guys like Todd Kelly Jr. and Jalen Hurd to jump in within the first few months of, of Butch Jones's uh, tenure. And, and it, got, it got things really going for them just to have some early visitors. And you can always do that at a place like Tennessee that has a lot to sell once you see it in person. And so Tennessee hasn't had that luxury and they've really needed it because this program has obviously been in a tough situation the past several months uh, from, from last season, not going very well to obviously the coaching change and the investigation and all that stuff. They, they need something to get some buzz going uh, that that's related to something positive. You know, they, they need to be able to sell this offense, this new staff. And it's harder to do that when you're recruiting by zoom and by FaceTime, like everybody else across the country. So it just has its limitations. And when you have a place like Knoxville and like Tennessee's campus to sell, 
it, it, it makes a bigger impression in person than it probably can through any of the well-produced, but still, still limited video presentations you can give them. So uh, at the end of the day, it, getting kids there is just a huge, huge deal. Tennessee's obviously going to try to take full advantage of it. They had their first camp of the year on Tuesday, which was June 1st, the very first day of the contact period uh, or the uh, or the quiet period, as it's called, uh, when coaches can't be on the road, but uh, but players can visit. And, uh, and they're going to have several more camps throughout this month. It's essentially a four-week sprint uh, because the, they're, they're picking up with the recruiting calendar exactly where they would in a nor- would be in a normal year, which is most of the month of June is open for visits. And then a four-week dead period will start on, I believe it's June 28th, and run through most of July, leaving essentially the final week of July also open for visits. So everything's sort of crammed into this four-week period, uh, and that, that's going to result in unofficial visitors popping in throughout the month, uh, official visitors every single weekend as of right now, and, and camps obviously throughout the month that will bring in a lot of guys, especially in the 2023 and 2024 classes. So it's a, it's a big month. It's hard to overstate the importance of this for Tennessee, and they're definitely trying to take full advantage of it. And they need to get some kind of positive momentum going, I think, to, uh, to again, put themselves in a better spot with some top targets to obviously hopefully land some commitments along the way and to position themselves well for the 2023 class where they're not going to be as far behind next year. This is where you start building that by getting guys on campus for camps, meeting them in person for the first time extending some early offers, things like that. It, it really is an important month for them, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to give them credit because they, they have tried really hard since Heupel's gotten there. They have really taken their sort of – and VFL Films is such a nice, you know, weapon to have in your arsenal, so to speak. But they, they have really sort of weaponized VFL Films in the past couple months. They've really sort of taken things up a notch there. They're putting out more content. They're putting out more interesting-looking content, and it was already good before. But they're they're doing everything they can to sort of generate some positive momentum because we all know how things ended in the Pruitt era. We all know what Tennessee could be looking at down the pike. It's so important for them to get out the kind of message that they want to get out, and and it's it, it it's it's nice to be able to have something like VFL Films to be able to put out those things to be able to help in certain ways. But there's nothing that, that really compares to sort of being on campus. And I know the relationships with the coaches, staying in contact with texts and calls, and those are really important. But it's just hard to substitute for, for a player getting onto your campus and seeing what life could be like there. Because it, it takes me back to, you know, just yesterday uh, I was reading a story from our former colleague, Jeff Borzello, now for ESPN, and it was about basketball. Um, but he was talking about ranking sort of SEC basketball recruiting tiers. You know, one of those deals where you talk to opposing coaches from all over the league and they give these, you know, they, they don't put their names on it. It's anonymous so they can give some real honest quotes about sort of things at different schools and what, what they what they believe about them. And there was a couple of quotes that stuck out to me. One was an assistant SEC basketball coach that said, you know what, Knoxville's one of the nicest towns in the league. You know, it's, it's not a big city like Nashville, but it's pretty close in terms of size in some ways. And it just it, it's a beautiful area. The facilities are always really nice. Campus is nice. And it's, it, it, you know, it's just it's something that if a kid is looking at different SEC schools by sort of the vibe on campus and the things that you can offer in a town, Knoxville offers more than most in the league. 
And that's something that if a kid can get to your campus, he can see that. And, and if he gets into the facilities, he can see what they look like. And then if he can vibe with the coaches, all of a sudden you've got the, the formula there to be able to have some sort of a chance with a kid. And I think that's something that's so huge for Tennessee. Like you said, you can't really overstate how important this next month or so is because – and I'm not saying it's the absolute end of the world if they don't, like, catch fire here – but they do need to get something going, and I think what they're doing over the next month will give them a chance to do that because if you want to play in the SEC and you want to play early, and especially if you're an offensive player and you want to play in a system that looks fun and where you can put points on the board, Tennessee still has a certain appeal to some of these kids. I would imagine they just have to have a little faith that the process works out. Yeah, and this, you know, again, like you said, so- we, we see this every year, but especially because of where Tennessee has been over the past several years, it's just reality a little bit that Tennessee is a little bit of a hidden secret within the SEC to kids who are from outside this state who've not been here before. So this weekend, for instance, and we'll talk about these yeah, guys later. L- l- like the kids who talk about them showing up and thinking it'll be like just a railroad town or something like that, or like you exactly. know, there's nothing yeah. around. I think a lot of kids don't know that Knoxville is a pretty good sized city until they get here and see it for themselves. So when you have a kid like Jalen Glover, uh, the running back from Florida, who's coming in this weekend, you know, he may be a little different for him because he's a former teammate of Morvin Joseph, the, the Vols linebacker. But, um, but you know, most guys from Florida, he, he's from, uh, from central Florida. He, he doesn't really know what Tennessee has to offer in person because he's never been here. So just getting him on campus you, you never know what kind of first impression it can make. And sometimes it blows guys away and, uh, and, and it just, it, it can really shake up a player's recruitment going into this, this month, Tennessee's not leading for a lot of guys like that right now, uh, especially the out of state players. They're in the mix for a lot, um, but they're not leading. Getting them on campus can change that um, because you can really give them a, a, just a totally different impression of the school. Sometimes it's one thing to know, Hey, this school's got nice facilities. Hey, this they've got a pretty big stadium and all that. But when you see it, I, I, I still every year talk to so many kids who are just like, I mean, I knew they had nice stuff, but like, wow, once they see it. And, and so that it really is a game changer. And again, just to spend 48 hours in a town, in a city to get a feel for what you're, what you might uh, experience living there uh, and to see the dorms and, and just get to know players. Uh, there's so many things you just can't do as much or at all during a, a Zoom call or a FaceTime conversation or Twitter DMing or, or whatever you're doing that, that you can do during an official visit or, or during a visit for a camp even that can really shake things up in a player's recruitment. So it's, again, Tennessee's not had a lot to, to work with uh, the past six months. Josh Heupel's staff walked into a tough spot. Um, I, I'm not saying they should fans should expect Tennessee to go on a big commitment spree this month. I think this, this month is probably going to be more about laying the groundwork for things moving forward with the 2022 class and even the 2023 class. But this is a big month because 25 official visitors are on the, are on the calendar right now. I mean, it's, that's, that's a big portion of your 56 official visits um, that you can use in a, in a year. So they, they want to take advantage of that and, and makes, make a move with some of those guys, unofficial visitors too. They, they've got to take advantage of this and be able to finally get something going. Uh, got five commitments already, obviously, but you want to start, laying the groundwork for Tennessee to win some big time battles over the next six months. And and whether it's a guy who's committing next month or in December, 
this month can help to, to sort of lay that groundwork. And sometimes it can be just one big prospect who sort of starts everything going, you know? Yep. I mean, you could say that, that Tennessee getting the quarterback, you know, the, the kid from Indiana earlier in the cycle, maybe that could have been something that got people's attention. But still, it can take just one – it can just take one or two guys to really sort of get everything going, and all of a sudden the entire complexion of a class starts to change. But there's more specific things we need to talk about. But we're overdue for a break. We're going to step away, pay some bills – listen to some products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Come back, uh, talk about what, what's an interesting camp Tennessee's doing this week football-wise and uh, some official visitors who will be in town over the next couple of weeks too. But before that, let's step away for just a second and pay some bills. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a rainy Thursday afternoon in Knoxville, joined by Ryan Callahan from across town. I almost said across town. Across town at his uh, his home daycare center there, his clown car full of children, home abode there on the other side of town. Talking Tennessee football recruiting, and just a heads up, guys, we are going to do a baseball episode. I know people have been wondering about when we're going to come out with some sort of a preview for the NCAA tournament for the second ranked Vols. That's going to come out uh, either Thursday night or Friday morning, so you'll have plenty of time to to listen to that before Tennessee gets underway six o'clock on Friday night against a really good Wright State team that. Um, leads the nation in scoring. So there, there's a lot going on there. If you're a number three overall, your number two ranked team in the country, your number three overall seed in the entire tournament, and your first game comes against a four seed that probably should have been a two seed. Um, yeah, that's 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 odd. And then you got a Duke team that's won 12 consecutive games, a Liberty team that knocked Tennessee or knocked Tennessee into the losers bracket two years ago in this tournament and has just an unbelievable pitching staff and really good defense. So four really, really good teams. You know you're going to see some good teams in the regional, but Tennessee got a really, really tough regional, uh, especially for its seating. But we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, tonight or in the morning. Our good friend uh, GFOP Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel 
who I like to call, he's my fourth or fifth favorite New Zealander. Uh, we will have him on to talk a little bit more about Tennessee baseball on that weekend. But we're talking more Tennessee football in this episode. Before we do that, quick reminder, guys, go in and please take a minute out of your day right now. Please rate and review this podcast, and please mash that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And if you're just listening via the website, we love you. We appreciate you being here. There is no way you will listen to this podcast that we will complain about. But if you could go into your smartphone, uh, into your tablet, to your laptop, click that subscribe button. That helps us out a lot. And if you could rate and review, that helps us out even more. That helps us add wolves to our wolf pack. That helps Tennessee fans across the country, across the world, sort of get those the algorithms that, that, that get this information to them about, hey, you want to listen to this podcast? That helps us out a lot. So please go do that. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. And that is all we ask for, frankly, is just we'll, we'll do this for a couple hours every week, and the only thing we're going to ask for is two minutes of your time one time. That, that, that's all. And then tell some friends and family, too. That always helps, too. Ryan, um, right now, Tennessee, we talked a little bit about recruiting generally, you know, sort of in the first segment. But let's get a little more specific in this segment because Tennessee has got um, a few camps this week. But one of them, the one on Friday night, looks particularly interesting. And it's one that I don't know that I've seen Tennessee do something like this, at least recently. Am I wrong about that? I know that's not wrong. Uh, Tennessee has, has had some special events in the past. You know, obviously Orange Carpet Day was sort of the, the signature event during the Butch Jones era. Um, Jeremy Pruitt's staff had a, you know, a pool party. That was sort of a one-off thing uh, that they did in late July a couple of years ago. But, they, you know, there have been some different events like that that have gotten pretty positive reviews. Um, this is a little different, though. You know, you hear a lot about uh, in the past, you know, you had Friday Night Lights at Florida dog night at Georgia was a big camp for years and, and has been. Um, so they, you know, they, they've had other schools do something similar, essentially just a night camp at their stadium. Uh, so Tennessee's taking uh taking its own shot at doing something like this with the night at Neyland camp uh, that they're having on Friday night this week. So the, the second camp of the summer, uh, they wanted to, to do this early, I think, to get some guys, especially in state, on campus before they go to camp elsewhere. You know, it's, it's always important to offer guys as early as possible. Uh, there's some guys in the 2023 class that Tennessee has already offered in state. I think there's some others that they're interested in taking a look at. And if you get them on campus early and you can beat some of those other SEC teams to, to offering them, if they're, if they're worth offering, uh, you know, that that's a big deal. So I think it was important for them to do this early. And uh, it looks like there's going to be a pretty good turnout. Uh, a lot of in-state players, you know, important to note this about camps because I think sometimes fans maybe get disappointed when they don't see a lot of names in the in the you know rising senior class uh, at these camps. Camps are are largely focused on rising juniors and sophomores these days. That's just sort of what it has become. Uh, a lot of players who already have offers, frankly, don't see much of a uh, an upside in camping. Don't feel the need to camp. Uh, they think that uh, in a lot of cases you can only hurt your stock by going to a camp because if a school is already recruiting you heavily and you go to a camp and you, you run a slow 40 or they don't like the, the way you look on the field, you know, you're only going to hurt your standing with that school in a lot of cases. So why, why work out when you could just go to a school and visit? So you're not going to see a lot of 2022 big names at the, at this camp, but they will have some unofficial visitors on campus this weekend, including 
Isaiah Horton, the four-star wide receiver from Murfreesboro, uh, and Joshua Josephs, uh, an edge rusher from Georgia that's a big-time Tennessee target. He was originally taking an official visit this weekend. He's now taking an unofficial visit starting Saturday. So they still will have some visitors in the 2022 class, but the most of what you hear about from this camp Friday night will be largely 2023 prospects. There will be some 2022 guys without offers probably uh, in attendance, but it's going to be a lot of this uh, this upcoming junior class uh, and a lot of in-state players I think will be sort of the headliners. Guys like Marcel Reed, uh, the quarterback from NBA, already has a Tennessee offer. Uh, Caleb Herring, big-time edge rusher who had some great film from this spring. He's going to work out at camp, it sounds like. Uh, and he's already got Tennessee and some other big offers, and he's the brother of Elijah Herring, the Tennessee linebacker commitment. So certainly some important Tennessee targets that you'll be following the next couple of years will be going to this camp Friday night. And uh, I think Tennessee's hoping this is received well enough that they can make this night camp sort of a staple of the summer schedule. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I think they're pretty excited about it. And, and this is definitely looking like sort of the, the marquee event of the summer among Tennessee's camps. They'll have seven or eight throughout the month of June, this is sort of the big one that's going to have, I think, the best turnout and certainly the most in-state star power uh, among the guys in attendance. Yeah, Ryan, things that, that can be branded are always pretty good. You know, they, they we kind of live in the Twitter hashtag universe now, and, you know, Neyland at night or, or night at Neyland, whatever they're going to call it, is it's something that kind of has some nice buzz to it and something that maybe they could get something out of. And, you know, if you're Tennessee right now, there's – there's nothing there's no idea that's not worth trying i guess if i could get away with using a double negative there i mean there, there's no idea that that i would look at and be like oh, that's a terrible idea because tennessee needs something to get kick-started you know i mean like you said this is not it's not like if they don't go on like a commitment bender in the next month or so that it's a like the end of the world but i i would think that at a bare minimum they need to get maybe a couple if they could and really lay the groundwork with others. I think you were talking about that earlier, but maybe maybe get a couple of guys on board. Um, doesn't matter, in-state, out-state, whatever. Just get a couple guys on board and really make some some progress with some other guys or at least get carved into their heads. Because if Tennessee struggles this, this fall on the field, they're going to have to have memories of they like the coaching staff, they like the facilities. Those things are going to matter then, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I, I'll say this too, I think in terms of just – perception because uh, that's always something coaches uh, have to be concerned about because you, you want to have the fan base believing things are headed in the right direction. And there's not much Tennessee could do to help the perception more aside from, as you said, maybe a summer commitment spree. Um, I, I think they could go a long way toward helping themselves if they get off to a really good start with this 2023 class, especially in state, um, because that will really be in some ways the first class they're not playing catch up with in a pretty big way. And so if this month, especially a lot of these in-state guys who are going to be here Friday night and, and next week, they come away impressed and Tennessee's one of the first to offer them and they, they get off to a really good start, start building a good relationship with those guys, that could really go a long way toward, I think, convincing fans that, hey, this, this staff really can recruit. You know, I think we've, we've heard a lot of questions about that, about that so far. Is this staff, is Josh Heupel going to be able to, to be a big-time recruiter at the SEC level. And, and I think some people are looking at results probably a little too much because I, I don't think we can judge much based off of what has happened so far. I, I think next year, the 2023 class will be a fairer judge, but certainly you've got to at least wait till the end of this year to see how this class finishes up to even get a sense of that at all. But given the situation he inherited, I, I don't think you can judge a whole lot from this. To me, the 2023 class will be 
a much fairer uh, barometer of what this staff can do in recruiting. And so this month is really big uh, to, I think, get, get off to a good start with that class. And even though we won't see the results from it for, you know, maybe six months or, or nine months, probably in a lot of cases, it's still important to get that, uh, that good start this month. And, hey, maybe you do get an early commitment or two in that class that also helps to sell that idea that, hey, this staff really is starting to build something, especially in-state. So I, I think this camp is important because of those young in-state kids that will be there Friday night. Yeah, Ron, I want to ask you about some of the official visitors coming in in the next month, but but something you said just kind of piqued my interest, and I want to get I want to backtrack a little bit and get get to that first. You know, you've been doing this for when did, when did we start Go Vols twenty four seven? Like eleven years ago? Is that how long it's been now? Uh, it was, yeah, ten and a half years. It was the the day of the Music City Bowl in twenty ten was our, our very first day. So more so. than a decade, and you've been doing you've been the recruiting guy from from day one, and so you've been doing this for a while now you you go across the state you know obviously throughout the south but especially throughout the state uh, i think you've done that even you know you've done you've done that even recently gone across the state talked to some players talked to some coaches so you've got your ear to the ground on a lot of these things so what i'm asking here is this this um this emphasis that hypel and his staff have put on you know starting things in state recruiting i know every staff says that they all say that i get that um, but Heupel and his staff have seemed really laser focused on that in some ways, making sure that every every member of the staff is recruiting in the state somewhere. Do you have you gotten any sense from from coaches, from prospects that they, you know, either appreciate or at least notice the effort Tennessee's doing here? Has it, even if it's not causing a seismic wave yet, is it putting at least some thoughts in some people's minds about how seriously they're going to take this? Yeah, I, I think I think it has. I think it's it's made certainly a good impression on a lot of coaches across the state. I think that's you know one of the best things they've done so far is that that Tennessee takeover back in late April that they advertised a little bit on Twitter. They uh, they they spent four days on the phone, on Facetime, whatever they could do, uh, essentially just calling every school in the state and, and touching base with the staffs. And and you know some of the feedback they got from staffs in some cases was hey this is the first time we've heard from Tennessee in years um, because that, that's how it often is. If you don't, if you're not a school that produces players um, it's, you're, you're not going to hear a lot from a school like Tennessee in many cases. Uh, but it's, it's important because what we've seen more in Tennessee is schools that don't traditionally produce a ton of division one talent are starting to put out players here and there uh, just in the 2023 class, Tennessee has already offered guys in West Tennessee at Covington high school, just outside Mem- or not far outside Memphis, at McKenzie High School, uh, that's not a school that I've seen uh, pop up with any major Division One prospects yeah, in recent years. I haven't. I don't remember any either. Yeah, uh, Mark Mar- Marquez Taylor, an athlete there, and uh, and, and AC Mason Young, a defensive back at Covington that, that Tennessee's already offered and and is going to be at camp this week. Um, so so guys like that, uh, Greenbrier has popped up with a 2023 prospect, Nathan Robinson, a, a really good looking uh, linebacker who's going to be a defensive lineman, I think, in college. So. Uh, Schools like that, you know, it's 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 good to have those relationships at every school across the state because you just don't know anymore. Tennessee's producing so much talent as a state, you don't know where the next big player is going to pop up. And so they maybe they found some walk-on options and things like that too while they reach out to those coaches. But those those conversations, I think, went a long way uh, in, in convincing them this staff's going to be different. And I I think the early feedback has been very positive. I, I think people are still, you know, players in the 2022 class. There may be a far enough along in some cases that it's if it, if it was going to be tough for Tennessee before Heupel's hiring, it's definitely still going to be tough for them to, to land some of these guys that they're just facing some challenges, but 
I think in the 2023 class and, and moving forward, especially if the, if this season you know looks pretty good on the field, if the, if the offense puts up some points, especially things like that, I, I think they're laying a good enough groundwork and Josh Heupel and his staff have made a good enough impression that they're, they're going to be able to, to, to be in good shape across the state. I think Heupel's personality has sold pretty well so far too. I've talked with coaches that really enjoyed talking with Josh Heupel and thought he was a, a down to earth guy just a, a very approachable, likable coach. And, and we'll see how that plays in, in the long run. But so far, I think it's uh, he's been pretty well received. Just got to continue to make more of a name for Tennessee as a program and more of a name for his staff, frankly, because you're battling against household names in, in Nick Saban and uh, some of those coaches throughout the SEC. It's, it's tough. You've got to just uh, you've got to just keep chipping away. But I think in, in state, the staff's off to a, a pretty good start. Uh, just I, I think the 2022 class, again, is just going to be tough. They're going to have some challenges. They've already taken some losses in this class, but uh, that I don't think that's going to tell the story long-term about how the staff could do in-state. Yeah, I think that that's interesting because, you know, we've been saying this for years, that if you can look at the population growth in Tennessee and specifically in the Nashville area, but but not just there, Knoxville's growing, you know, there, there's – there seems to be a there, there's a lot of there's just a lot more prospects in this state and it's it's never going to be a Florida you know or or a Texas or, or a Georgia or a California Louisiana I don't know that it's ever going to be that necessarily but um, you you just look at it and, and you can't have this much population growth without that having some tangible benefit to the amount of prospects in your state you're getting better coaching in the state. Um, because I, I know the Titans get a lot of credit for that too, especially in the, the mid-state area with getting some of the coaches going and coaches clinics and having a lot of former players that live there now and, and things like that. It just helps everything, but it just seems like it's the right time for Hypo to be doing this because if you're trying to recruit as a brand what Tennessee is, it's probably easier to do that in the state now than it would be outside the state because people in the state, their families – if not the kids necessarily, their families are certainly well aware of what Tennessee can be uh, because they remember that because it hasn't been that long ago. So I, I think it's really, really important in the state, especially now. That's where I think they've got to start this build. I mean, I, and I'm not saying they get everybody from there because Tennessee can't do that. Nobody can do that, really. Maybe Texas could, but nobody can really, really do that. Florida, maybe. Um, but it's just so important right now for it to be in the state, I think, for, for the uh, nucleus of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think given given what the situation again that Tennessee is in, it's just you know we've seen Tennessee in the past be able to go into Georgia and get some really good players, and go into Florida and get some good players here and there, and go into North Carolina and get guys like Kvaris Crouch and Marquez North, some highly ranked guys from that state. So you're going to be able to recruit out of state some, um, but right now it's tough because you know again part of the problem we've talked about this before. Tennessee's surrounded geographically by programs who are really good. Uh, to the north, Ohio State makes it tough. To the east, Mac Brown at North Carolina has done a good job in that state and made it tougher. And Clemson already has, has done uh, a good job in the Carolinas in recent years. To the south, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, take your pick of the SEC schools. So it's just difficult to, to lock down or, or to, to consistently rely on winning big-time battles in those other states, especially given where Tennessee is right now. So the path to, to relevance again on a national level, I think, goes through the state of Tennessee. And I think Josh Heupel has gotten that message. Um, all you have to do is look back at, at Butch Jones's tenure. Again, you know, he got guys like Josh Dobbs and Cameron Sutton from outside the state. But it all started really with that 2014 in-state class that gave them Derek Barnett, Rashawn Golden, Jalen Hurd, Josh Malone, big-time players that were the foundation of everything they did over the next few years. 
they certainly didn't maximize everything that, that they had, but they had NFL talent from this state and, and this state's continued to produce it. Maybe not always at that level, but, but pretty similar in most years. So I think they've got to continue to get that. And I think with where Tennessee is, especially, I think they've got to look at it like we can sign 10 players in state every single year. And that's got to be the goal, I think. And, and some years more than that. And, and we'll see if they can get to that, if that's a realistic goal, but I think that's kind of how they have to approach it given again, where they are right now and the challenges they're going to face in other States. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important. I think that's something that's really, really important to note because um, it's, it's the time in this state right now. It just is that that's, that's where Tennessee has got to start this thing. It's where that's not to say if a, if a really good, you know, linebacker from South Carolina or Georgia or North Carolina wants to commit, you know, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. But I just think logistically speaking, if we're using common sense here, it's got to start for Tennessee right now in the state. Ryan, for the next month or so, I know there's going to be some some official visitors in town, some big ones. What uh, and you don't have to go down the whole list, but just what are some highlights before we get out of here? Just some highlights of some names to kind of monitor over the next month in terms of guys who either definitely are official visiting or might be, or you know maybe a maybe a couple of just really elite unofficial visitors. What are the biggest names to watch in your opinion? Yeah, there there, there are quite a few, um, and, and we'll start with this weekend. Uh, you know, I mentioned about twenty five official visitors already scheduled for this month. Uh, so starting with this weekend, Jalen Glover, I mentioned earlier, a running back from Lake Gibson High School in Lakeland, Florida. And again, if that high school sounds familiar. It's the same school that produced Morvin Joseph a couple years ago. So he's got a, a former teammate on the roster. Morvin Joseph will be hosting him this weekend, as you might expect, um, on his official visit. So that at least gives Tennessee a connection there. And this is the guy that you – know, there are a few of these visiting this month uh, that Josh Heupelstaff has known for a while. This is the guy who got one of his very first offers from Heupelstaff at UCF back in May of 2019. So longstanding relationship there with Heupel. Um, Glenn Ellerby, Alex Golish, some of those guys that were recruiting him at UCF previously and, and have picked up with that at Tennessee. And he's obviously gotten to know Jerry Mack, the running backs coach the past few months. Uh, so the Vols are very much in that one, but you know, he's got a few other official visits scheduled for this month. Florida state might be the main competition right now, but Tennessee, um, looking for a running back, obviously, you know, maybe a couple, but at least one in this class. And, and Glover is a, an interesting name, kind of a, uh, a shorter, stockier guy listed at 5'7", 195 right now, um, but a good player that Florida State and some other big programs are battling Tennessee for. Uh, and then Demario Tolan, the other official visitor, also from Florida. Uh, he's a four-star linebacker from Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando. And this has become a big-time battle for Tennessee. This, this one might be tough in some ways for Tennessee to win, especially after he went to Clemson earlier this week for a camp, came away with an offer from Clemson. It looked like that was a real possibility. He got that Clemson offer. So now Clemson, Miami, LSU look like kind of the main competition for Tennessee going into these visits. And then you've even got Florida in state sort of sniffing around and acting like they might get more heavily involved with DeMario Tolan. So going to be a tough battle for Tennessee, but there is a family connection there. His dad is originally from the Nashville area and has family there still um, and is like Tennessee for years. So there's at least that tie that maybe – that helps Tennessee a little bit, but this is the guy who's obviously got some uh, some major competition aside from Tennessee battling for him. Uh, and then throughout the month, you know, you've got some commitments that will be taking their official visits, at least as of right now, that's scheduled. Um, uh, some some other running back targets, Dylan Sampson from Louisiana, scheduled to be in next weekend. Uh, several offensive linemen. This is a big month for offensive line targets, I think, because a lot of those guys are working towards summer decisions. Uh, Dane Shore, a four-star 
offensive lineman from the Atlanta area. Ryan Brubaker, another four-star from Pennsylvania, whose dad played at Penn State, but I think is more open to, to go into the SEC than people might think. And then Addison Nichols, a guy whose grandparents live in Knoxville, whose mother went to Tennessee. He's from the Atlanta area, big-time four-star that Georgia, Ohio State, USC are involved with, even Florida. He's taken official visits to all of them, but Tennessee gets one the weekend of June 18th. And then Tennessee will it'll all kind of build up to the final weekend of the month. Right now, June 25th, that final weekend before the dead period starts, looks like the biggest weekend. We've got 11 scheduled official visits on the calendar already for Tennessee that weekend. And it includes some, uh, some important targets in-state. Caden Pope, the wide receiver from Hardin County. Uh, a four-star receiver, Jaden Gibson from Florida, another guy that's been recruiting a long time. Uh, and then a couple of top 100 prospects, Kamari Rogers, a cornerback from Mississippi, and Branson Robinson big time running back from Mississippi that a lot of people think is likely leaning toward Georgia at the moment, but Tennessee may be among the main competition for Georgia right now. So some big names, some important in-state guys, some important guys with ties to Tennessee coming in throughout the month. And again, that's if, if they end up using all 25 or so of those official visits this month, that's nearly half of your allotment of 56 for the year. So those are important visits. You, you don't get them back. And I think Tennessee certainly needs to make the most of those this month. So it's, Aside from the camps, it's going to be an important month for Tennessee to sort of lay the groundwork with those guys and uh, especially the ones working toward possible summer decisions. As you can tell by the background noise here going on, I think Gus is telling us that it might be time to uh, end this episode. Ryan, you got anything else? Uh, no, I, I think that's uh, that's a good place to leave it. And we'll obviously have you covered here throughout the month with any breaking news that comes up. And there certainly could be some throughout the month. History tells us there will always be some summer movement, uh, whether it's commitments in future classes or commitments in the, in the current class being the 2022 class, or even uh, maybe Tennessee finds a, a, a somebody to, to take the place of Roe Torrance in this class uh, that, that's currently arriving or already has arrived on campus for the most part. Um, so definitely keep it, keep it here with the Go Vols 24-7 podcast and, and on Go Vols 24-7, and we'll keep you updated on all of that. But it should be a busy month, and if you like following recruiting, Now's the time to get in on that, especially with our sale that, uh, that Wes, I'll let you uh, tell them about, but 60% off, uh, that, that's a tough to beat. That is that is tough to beat. 60% off right now of an annual subscription, that is a really, really good deal. And everything that comes with that, I'll discuss here in just a second, but it's a really good time right now to discuss that. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ryan, and we better get out of here before uh, Gus starts ripping the mailman's head off. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Wes. Thanks, man. And you know what? Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We always do. We always say it, but we always mean it. You can follow all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want Just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govoss 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govoss 24-7. That page is updated all the time with tons and tons of stuff. Pretty much every hour throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons and tons of good stuff on there. But uh, it doesn't compare to the best place to go directly to the source to get that delicious Smoky Mountain spring water right from the tap. Just delicious. Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. We'll have a podcast episode on them here in just a little bit. Uh, either tonight or in the morning. Uh, Lady Vols, all things Lady Vols, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us, not just basketball, um, but also softball and a bunch of other sports. So tons and tons of good stuff there. And you can get all of that 
including access to our boards, our forums there, which is the checkerboard and the summit, where you can talk about anything you want all day, every day, as long as it's not political or religious in nature. We're there discussing it right there on those two forums at GoVols247.com. You can get all of that for 60% off of an annual subscription right now. That, that is a ridiculous deal, guys. That's a, it's one of the best deals that we have throughout the year. Good time to go check that out because if you do that and you pay us full price, then you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus, and that gives you access to uh, just a ton of new movies that come in and out every single month. Uh, tons, every show CBS has ever made commercial free, uh, stuff from the catalogs of MTV, BET, uh, Comedy Central. Uh, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian Networks, all those CBS, Viacom properties, tons and tons of good stuff there. Also, live sports, which is Tennessee sports, SEC sports. Uh, you get NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League. You know, there's going to be uh, some 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 more soccer cups, the international cups there over the summer. Just tons and tons and tons of stuff on there. And you can get all that for free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will put in your pocket no questions asked and right now you can get 60% off of a subscription for an annual deal with us which is an incredible deal so basically when I'm, I'm putting hundreds of dollars in your pocket that's what we're doing putting a couple hundred bucks in your pocket it's a pretty good deal go check that out no reason not to until then guys you should hear from us again as I said uh, either tonight or Friday morning. We'll see. It'll be one of those two. And then uh, you'll hear from us again on Monday. So a uh, big, big weekend for Tennessee baseball. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, so we will have all of that for you, uh, including some some recruiting roundup stuff too after the weekend. Tons and tons of stuff. So until then, guys, just be good to each other, right? You know, just, just, just be nice to each other. It's been a rough year for everybody. Go out there. Try some kindness on for size just for a day or so. Give it a shot. Thanks. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.